This is the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 105. On today's episode, we're once again chatting with my dear friend, Susie Moore, about finding your confidence in uncertain times, letting it be easy, and living life on your own terms. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. This episode is brought to you by Elite Blog Academy. And right now, we want to invite you to grab your copy of the newest edition of my best-selling book, How to Blog for Profit Without Selling Your Soul. This is the book that since 2013 has sold nearly 500,000 copies in more than 10 different languages. And now it has been completely updated and revised for 2020. Our goal at EBA is to get it into as many hands as we possibly can, which is why for a limited time, we will send it to you absolutely free. All you have to do is pay for shipping. To grab it, simply go to EliteBlogAcademy.com book. Once again, that's EliteBlogAcademy.com book. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. As always, my name is Ruth Sukup, and I'm the founder of Living Well, Spending Less and the Living Well Planner, as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of six books, including my newest book, Do It Scared. In today's episode, we're chatting with one of my business besties and Truth Club members, Susie Moore, who you might remember from either episode two or episode 50, where she shared her own incredible story along with lots of wisdom. But today, Susie and I are chatting about her new book, Stop Checking Your Likes, as well as what it actually means to be self-confident, even when the world feels a little bit crazy right now. We're also talking about how to stop looking for approval and how to start trusting yourself. And ultimately, that's exactly what this podcast is all about. It's about daring to trust our instincts, even when we're not completely sure, knowing that courage doesn't mean we're never scared. Instead, courage is taking action despite our fear, even when we're not quite sure where the road is going to lead. But first, as always, Just a couple more things before we dive into today's episode. First, you can get all the links and show notes for this episode by visiting doitscared.com slash episode 105. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash episode 105. Next, if you haven't already seen it, please be sure to go watch the video of my TED Talk to discover the one simple trick to overcoming your biggest fear. You can find it at doitscared.com slash TED. And if it resonates with you, please be sure to share it so that together we can help as many people as possible. Once again, you can watch it at doitscared.com slash TED. And now without further ado, here is the one and only Susie Moore. Susie! Ruthie! Oh, I'm back for you, baby. Oh, yes, I am. (laughs) Welcome back. Did you miss me so much? Oh, of course. I was just longing for this this day. So (laughs) thank you for having me back on your show. You're welcome. Well, we got to find something, some way to fill the time now that we're all quarantined. 
That's right. It is a very unusual time right now. It is a very unusual time right now. So a lot has changed in your world mm-hmm. since the last time you were on the Do It Scared podcast. And now a lot has changed just in the world over the last few few weeks. So let's first let's first catch up with you. Mm-hmm. What has happened since you were last here on the Do It Scared podcast. This is your, you're our only guest to come back three times now. Wow. So lucky. You have a lot me. of auspiciousness. <laughs> I feel, I know, I feel so lucky. Well, I'm now a Floridian like you living in Miami. A Floridian. A Flo- is that how yes. we say it? That's how we say it, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a Floridian like you living and loving Miami. And I also, uh, I have a book coming out, you know, in April, so which is now, which is very exciting. And I don't know, I feel like there's just been a lot of, just changes, I mean, of course, in the world and with just, you know, kind of like business moving forward, just kind of rolling and shaking. And yeah, I mean, it's, it feels like it's a very, very different time than, you know, since we last spoke. Yeah, for sure. A lot has changed. Well, and I, so you moved to Florida, you decided to move to Miami, which I thought was crazy for (laughs) you. I was very against it. For you, yes. I gave you, I gave you a hard time as one of your accountability partners. <laughs> yes, Susie, you did. I, I, I think you're making a huge mistake, mm-hmm. but you did not listen to me. <laughs> and as it turns out, it was like the best thing you ever did. <laughs> well, you've been, you've been to my home. I mean, you've seen, I have. you've seen like the good Miami life. And I think it's also, you know, it's great to listen to people, especially people you respect and whose knowledge you, you know, you want access to. Um, but in the end, we just, I think we always just have to listen to ourselves, don't we? Because we know what's inside of us. We know, I think, what's yes. right for us. So, trusting your instinct and trusting your intuition and your gut, I think mm-hmm. it's really good, really good proof. So, what's the aside, like as, putting this whole coronavirus thing aside mm-hmm. for a minute mm-hmm. and going back to a few weeks ago before our lives irrevocably changed? Mm-hmm. What was up to that point kind of the the highlight or the best thing that's happened in the last year that just kind of was your confirmation that mm-hmm. you're doing the right thing? I feel as if in the last 12 months, I've been listening to myself more than ever and trusting myself more and more. And I feel as if success follows that. You know, I feel as if there's always going to be great advice, information, you know, tools, methods out there. And you can be overloaded with that or you can kind of take what feels right and just keep trusting the next step as it unfolds. And I feel as if probably now might be one of the best periods of my life, coronavirus aside, <laughs> and <laughs> and all of the you know all of the worries of the world and the serious nature of what's happening right now. Um, before up until a month ago, as you said, like I feel like this is a very a very good period, and I don't know, I, I feel excited about what's to come and having the space too and the the you know perspective shift being in a different place too. I think change is very positive. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit because. I think that this is, it's such a weird time, right? Mm. So you are, you're an entrepreneur, you're Mm. a business coach, you're Mm. someone who's been through lots of ups and downs Mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. And up until a month ago, things were kind of rolling for you in a way that they haven't rolled maybe ever in your life. Like you were, I saw, when did I see you? In the end end of January, we were all together with our little truth club. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you were in such an amazing place personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. You were kind of on a high in both places, which is so great. Like, of course, that's everything that you want to see for your friends. Like I was so happy for Mm -hmm. you and still am happy for you. Mm -hmm. But then we get into this situation where Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, bam, 
everything changes. Like literally overnight. It was one day everything felt normal. The next day the whole world has shut down and it's we're talking complete different story. Mm-hmm. So what is your advice as somebody who is both trying to navigate this yourself, but also someone who coaches other people, someone who specializes in positivity and <laughs> confidence and all of that stuff. This is a huge confidence shaker. So mm-hmm. how do you, how, what is your advice for somebody to navigate this? Mm. It's a good question. I feel like everyone kind of responds a bit differently when there's a lot of change and uncertainty. In my opinion, uncertainty is constant anyway. Almost in a way, there's like really nothing new to a point because you never really know with your business, you never know with your offers, you never know with your audience, with your marketing, etc. As entrepreneurs, you know, there are just a lot of ups and downs naturally anyway. Yes. But when it comes to this, this period, because there's so much that we can't control out there, right? There is just so much uh, going on, so much information, uh, a lot that can make us just feel really afraid and unstable, like 24-7, the, the the, the, the news cycle, social media, if we consume it all, um, it's, it's easy to feel very powerless. So I just focus on what it is that I can manage in my small space, right, at home, the corner of the world that I touch. And then most importantly, in my own mind, we have complete control at home, like complete control, how we spend our time, where we direct our focus, if we distract ourselves, if we choose to kind of feel peace or feel fear. And then, of course, what it is we put into our minds, what we give ourselves access to, what we don't. I think that it's too easy to abdicate our power when we still have a whole lot, even if it doesn't feel like it at times. That's really, really, really true. So how are you at navigating this in your own business? What are mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you're doing? What does your daily routine look like? Are you keeping a daily routine? Mm-hmm. How are you, how, and how has it changed from what you were doing, say, mm-hmm. a month or two ago? Mm-hmm. So I'm used to working at home, so that's not such a big shift for me. I can imagine it's much more of a shift for people who are used to going to the office and commuting and so forth. I'm using this period to do a lot of things that you know, urgent, but never important, like on a three year to do list, like updating your (laughs) website, right? Like, you know, SEO optimizing, like, uh, you know, revisiting SEO, I'm batching YouTube content, my goal is to create six months of content, because you know, I'm at home and I have the content. So why not just do it now? Um, Yeah, yeah, that's six months, six months, yeah, all at once. So you're setting yourself up for when the world is normal again. Yes, because when it's normal, I'm going out. Like I'm going to be partying for like five, <laughs> five, five years. <laughs> I've got like a true extrovert. <laughs> oh yeah. I, and, and look, I'll admit it's tricky. You know, I'm not used to kind of being at home so much and not being around people so often. So I, when, when the time, when the day comes and we run out into the streets and hug each other and this is, you know, and it's safe to do that, then I will be doing that. And I want to feel like I can take almost like a bit of a break from everything that I've set myself because I've set myself up during the period. So that's that also a, a good feeling of yeah, being in control. And also, yeah. I mean, I'm in a book launch period at the moment. And I had a very different plan for that, Ruth, as you know, I've shared that with you. Mm-hmm. And media is a strength of mine. And I had a very a system that was set up for my, uh, I thought I'd be in New York right now doing press. So it's a very kind of yeah, different a shift. But again, focusing on what I can control, being sensitive with my language that I'm kind of using to promote my book, but also understanding that, you know, it's okay to be selling what you have. N- nothing good happens in any economy when money stops circulating. And right. it's important you know, for us as entrepreneurs to kind of, I think, be an example of that. Yeah, right. It does not make you 
a bad person to think about still running your business and selling products and doing things during during this economy. If anything, people mm-hmm. need stuff even more because there's there's we're all stuck at home. We're all mm-hmm. trying to figure this out. We're trying to navigate and chances are there's a lot of ways that you can help people navigate mm-hmm. navigate through this. But I mean, with that, with your book launch being completely shifted. I mean, your book launch is still happening in the same day, but mm-hmm. man, when the whole world changes, that's a huge that's a huge disappointment for something you've been you've been planning for a really long time. So, how did you deal with that specifically? Did you have like your freak out session? Did you yes. cry? Did you all <laughs> drink lots of champagne? Well, yes, you, I, do, I love you to do that anyway. <laughs> Well, initially, I think I, I wasn't really unsure of almost how to feel because I felt disappointed, then I felt guilt around my disappointment. I think a lot of people are feeling this. I know people who have events-based businesses, their events are canceled. They've also had launches planned for maybe two or three years. You know what goes into a book? It doesn't happen just over the course of a year. It's a long, right. very long process. So yeah, I've had a lot of kind of ups and downs. And I think the the thing that gives me peace is not thinking that maybe my timing and my opinion is the most important one, right? I have a a faith in this, you know, knowing that I'm not the general manager of the universe. I can like, (laughs) I can let somebody, let let the higher power take care of that. Um, And just trust like the timing that I've been given and roll with what I like, roll with what I can do. Well, you know, with what it is I can focus on. And really that's it. I don't think there's really much else that we can do right now. And sometimes I think too, you know, especially in this period, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves thinking there's just a window. You know, we have to, if, if, if we have a launch during this period or something that we're focusing on. And I think that we can maybe lose the pressure of that window and understand that we can we can sell, promote, you know, talk about our products and services for as long as we want. It's, it's often yep. just not the, the focus, like the, the, this one kind of opportunity that, that can really make us freak out. Right. Right. Because if you have a product that's worth selling now, mm-hmm. it's still going to be worth selling six months from now or yes. a year from now, even if the timing right now is not amazing. That's true. But how, so how long did you give yourself to be upset or disappointed before you started going, okay, now what, now how do I shift my focus? A couple of days. Yeah. A couple of days. A couple of, of days. Yeah, a couple of days of almost feeling like, okay, well, like what now? Asking people, asking my media friends their opinion, getting, you know, getting some feedback. But then also just kind of coming back to trusting myself and thinking what's right at the moment. I spoke to mm-hmm. my publisher and she said, look, it's a tricky time for the publishing industry at the moment. You know, like bookstores are closed, some won't recover from this. And a lot of um, authors are also pushing back their launches. And that's also tricky for the publishing industry because they're relying on book sales at the moment. So there are a lot of things that go into this, right? And Mm -hmm. so uh, I think that also kind of stepping back, knowing that I'm part of, you know, a a bigger universe here and there are people who are just like me experiencing it, then I can kind of take the focus on like, oh my gosh, this is what I planned. And yeah, understand that, you know, this is a, a very common experience at the moment and it's universal. Yeah. So were there any specific steps that you took that helped you kind of take it from disappointment and fear of fear of the unknown, fear and being upset with it to going, okay, now I'm in a place where I realize it's part of a bigger picture. There's a lot, like, here's the bright side of all of this. What took you, because I think sometimes that it's hard for people, right? If they're in a place where you've just had 
this huge disappointment. I mean, I think about I mean, people having wedding plans. Oh my gosh, planned, I know. Just mm-hmm. so, there's so much that has been completely shifted and changed and, and, and had to be completely rejuked for all of this. And all of us are being affected in different ways. And so it's normal to feel a lot of disappointment when something is suddenly very different than the way you were expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. But what it, what was your process? Do you have any concrete steps that if you are even like, even if you haven't thought about it, if you can look back mm-hmm. and go, okay, well, talking to this person helped or doing this thing helped or mm-hmm. taking this process helped mm-hmm. and to me to get to, because now you're at yeah. a point where it's been a couple of weeks and you're like, okay, I'm good. I'm maybe still a little bit disappointed, but I'm also refocusing my time, my attention. Yes. How do you get there? Yeah. So thinking about kind of what's concrete that I can share. I think the one thing which is probably the most soothing, which which happens during any type of disappointment or shift or kind of unexpected result that you don't want in your life is understanding, is like coming back, like taking like a million steps back and just seeing the perspective on everything. Because I feel like when we panic or when we feel almost kind of like this this real focus on the self and like me, 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 this is really, you know, hard for me. We kind of forget, you know, the, the big picture of our lives. And when we kind of come from this place of perspective, stepping back, observing, kind of breathing. And frankly, I mean, this, this doesn't come easily, but having almost like a bit of a sense of humor. <laughs> like, I mean, this is very hard for a lot of people to kind of think, how can I almost like have a sense of humor about this? But yeah, I mean, now I joke, I'm like, I worked on something for three years to promote, like, really, you know, for for a very focused short period. And, like, I, I can't talk about it anymore in the same way. And everything was prepared. So I feel as if, you know, okay, this is one book in my life. And I'm also not my book. You know, so understanding yeah. it's bigger than the problem that I'm seeing, bigger than this current period. And understanding, too, that for me to be worrying about my book right now, that's a very kind of privileged place to be. You know, there are... There's so much else that's far more serious happening in the world and kind of remembering that too and knowing that kind of no matter what, everything's our reaction, you know, and thinking about what it is I can do now that might be more useful. Maybe this is opening me up to creativity, to different kinds of solutions and knowing too that I always have options. Like there are always options here. Reminding myself of right. the things that I teach. I mean, right? Isn't this Ruth? Like, this is a time. Do we do we use what we talk about, right? Or do we yeah. do, or do we like fall apart? <laughs> right, right. Which I mean, a little of both sometimes mm-hmm. because it, like it's not a small thing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. yeah, you can say it's a place of privilege, but it's not a small thing to work on right. a project for two or three years to pour as, and I, you know, I'm your friend. I've seen how much work you've put into this and how long you've been working at it and how Mm -hmm. hard you've been working at it. Mm -hmm. It's only natural to be to a point of like feeling a little bit devastated. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's a normal thing, but you're right. We also work on this, like teach this for a, for a living and help Mm -hmm. people dealing with disappointments every single day. And so you have to say, okay, now I, I know I have the skills, even though I am very disappointed Mm -hmm. right now, and that's normal and natural to feel this way. Now, what can I, what can I do based on everything of my life's experience? Mm -hmm. What can I do to get myself into a better place, to focus on what I can control, to shift gears and think about how I could reframe my messaging? How can I turn this 
turd of an event into <laughs> yes. a into something that's actually positive and remembering too that everything that you just said that there's that this this book will still be amazing. So we got to talk about this book too because it is amazing and it is Susie, it's so good. I mean, we've been friends for a long time now mm-hmm. and I've I've known like bits and pieces of your story, but mm-hmm. just reading it it was it was so good and so impactful and I, I I love how open and vulnerable you you are in it and but how you still like even like you said you still have a sense of humor sort of about things that most people would not have a sense of humor about. So mm-hmm. for, first tell us about the book like mm-hmm. what inspired what inspired you to write it? And mm-hmm. what are you hoping ultimately that people will get out of it, whether they read it now or whether they read it in six months when <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the world doesn't feel so crazy? I think the main like, the main motivation behind it was, you know, working as a coach and being an advice columnist and hearing lots of kind of questions and stories and problems again and again from various people with, you know, kind of ver- various lives, very kind of different, you know, life experiences I came to understand that a lot of the fears that we have around failure specifically, which really stops us going for it in any way, not just like when it comes to success and work, but in relationships and having conversations in pursuing friendships, like whatever it may be, it's not the fear of failure. So messing up, getting the wrong result, being rejected, et cetera, that really frightens us. It's our fear of the judgment of other people around what they will think about that failure. So it's, you know, as human beings, we're resilient. Look how we've already adapted so much to what's happening right now. We're all, you know, self-quarantined. We're we're becoming very independent. But when you think about what it is, you know, that really frightens us, it's often people judging our mistakes and thinking that we're not enough. And we then hold back and don't do so many things because we think the world is judging us and we're afraid about... Especially for people pleasers. Yes, especially for people pleasers. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And we think, what is it like, what is it about this disappointment, you know, that's going to be the worst? It's like, you know, we can handle losing money. We can handle failed launches. We can handle getting divorced or, you know, a lot of these things. But a a lot of us hold back on making even moves because they're worried about what people will say about us if it doesn't work out. Yes. Yes. And I want to say the title of the book because I think that I forgot to say it. <laughs> I was yeah. getting so excited about it. Yeah. I held it up because we're looking at each other on Zoom, but people yes. are listening to this and mm-hmm. not seeing. Mm-hmm. It's called The book is called Stop Checking Your Likes, mm-hmm. Shake Off the Need for Approval, and Live an Incredible Life. So yes. remember that, guys. Shake Off the Need for Approval and Live an Incredible Life is the subtitle. The title is Stop checking your likes. <laughs> so yeah, I, when I, as I was reading it, I was really thinking about, um, that I feel like if you're, if we're talking about fear archetypes, yes. um, definitely, definitely geared towards people pleaser, the people pleaser archetype, which most of us have at least a fair amount of people pleaser in our, and so the second most common fear archetype, but almost everybody has a fair amount of people pleaser in them. So yes. This is a book for anybody who has ever felt judged or afraid of being judged mm-hmm. or afraid not have has ever not done something because they worry about what other people will say about it. Yeah, and sometimes it's, it's amazing. Yeah, and sometimes it's not even conscious Ruth. Like we think, mm-hmm. oh, I don't care. Like you know, that doesn't bother me. But sometimes yeah. the way that it shows up is how we view the world and the beliefs that we have, thinking that 
this is the truth. When you know, reality is an interpretation, like really everything is a perspective. And often we just think this is the way the world is. That's not fair. These people are bad. These people can't be trusted. Uh, you know, rich people are crooks, like whatever the beliefs are that we hold, often we don't even realize that we've inherited, we've inherited from our parents, a lot of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. The first chapter of the book is called Your Parents F'd You Up, haha, and it's not to blame parents, right? (laughs) It doesn't start with them, they had parents, everyone's doing their best, but often we don't even know the beliefs that we have until, and this is, you know, this is not a, a huge percent of people who do this, but until we kind of question our beliefs because an area of our life isn't satisfying. So it can be relationships, it can be money, it can be you know how you how how you interpret yourself, your own value, it can be your fear of other people. I mean, it can I mean whatever it is. I mean, looking at your fear archetype, if you have one, you know, what is it that it's stopping you from doing, or what part of your life feels kind of scary, or or that it could just be really improved. And often, when you kind of question the beliefs that you might be holding, and you're in the top ten percent of people if you do this, you think about what your belief is. And this is a really useful exercise to, okay, just say it's, uh, just say it's money, you know, to write out, you know, what it is I believe about money. And it can, it can really surprise people. Like it can really surprise you if you expect like free write and don't just think, oh, I don't know a little bit, but you say, you know, what do you think if you had money, what would, what would happen? Would people take it from you? Would people take advantage of you? Would you not be able to hold on to it? Like would it make you different to your friends? Would you not know kind of just how to handle it? You know, whatever it is, you'd write it out and then kind of, it can be a, it can be a revelation understanding what your beliefs are. And if you yeah. do this in any unsatisfying area of your life, it's amazing what you can uncover. Especially then if you question those beliefs, you, you write, you look at your statements and then you ask yourself if they're real, like if they're facts. And almost always they're not, they're just always our interpretation. And then looking for evidence, next step, on the contrary, to support another point of view, to support another particular belief. And so one of the things that I really loved about it, going back to the parents, mm-hmm. the pa- idea that the parents mess you up. So you, first of all, <laughs> your childhood is mm. insane. And right. I let stories <laughs> are like equally disturbing and hilarious right. just hearing them and even the way that you tell them, like... It has been, you have been through some stuff with your, with your parents and your dad's mistress and, and the, you know, just like you guys, you just, you literally have to read it because it's almost like you cannot even believe that some of this stuff is, is like, how, how does anyone become successful from coming from that sort of a that sort of a messed up childhood. Mm-hmm. But I think your point in it is not, oh poor me. No. I had all of these hard things. And mm-hmm. that's what I think is really powerful about it. Mm-hmm. That you've managed to, but it's also not, oh look at me. I'm I'm so amazing. I've overcome all of this stuff. No. It's actually saying, okay, here's here's the reality of my situation, but here's what has helped me come come through some of this stuff and still become incredibly successful and have a successful life and to be happy. And one of the things that you talk about, I think one of the most powerful takeaways for me mm-hmm. is I also had a, a messed up childhood in a very different way. Um, but I think one of the most powerful takeaways is, is this idea that our parents all mess us up, no matter how you are raised, our, no matter what sort of circumstances you were raised in, parents 
are all screwing us up. All it's almost <laughs> universal. Yeah. And I think that but you but your point is almost so what? So mm-hmm. what your so what if your parents messed you up? You don't have to let that ruin you don't have to ruin your life and you don't you don't have to become bitter about it. You don't have to let that be the thing that holds you back forever. Mm-hmm. So how does somebody get to that point? The point that you're at, which is there's a lot you could be bitter about and you're so not. You're the Mm-mm. least bitter person that I know. Mm-hmm. And how does that – how does somebody get to that? Oh, okay. So this – I think this uh, – it's not an overnight thing, right? It takes some time. And I absorb all the self-help and I've done, you know, work on myself. And that's kind of why I created this book too because there's a lot of advice out there. I've read hundreds of self-help books and I've distilled the things that have helped me the most and told them in the forms of my own stories to kind of really make them applicable because some of the, just the truths about healing and losing your excuses, they're ancient, right? It's about being really responsible for your life no matter what. But the one thing I think if, you know, if, if I were to simplify it would be if you are blaming anything, right? So if you look at any traditional psychology, it's cause and effect, right? So this happened. So, you know, let's just say, for example, um, you know, my parents were divorced or my parents had a very unhealthy, dysfunctional marriage, which is why I can't be happy in a marriage or I can't, you know, I, I can't trust somebody. I, my challenge to anybody, and this takes some courage, is to flip the cause and effect to say, okay, maybe being in a relationship and being vulnerable is scary and requires a lot of you and you don't, you're not ready to do that yet. So you're blaming your parents. So mm-hmm. I feel as if if I lose my own excuses, right, if I kind of share my stories and don't have excuses, then that's a generous thing that I can do. That's a generous thing. And so you t- not really not blaming yourself, but taking responsibility for your own, yes. for every aspect of your own Yes. Because if the life. cause and effect model were true, then anybody who had dysfunctional parents in an unhappy relationship or marriage would never find happiness. Right. And that's not true, right? There are plenty of examples right. of people who had difficulties and they're, they're okay, but no life is perfect, right? But they're doing okay. So I think that's kind of one of the reasons too, I wanted to share a lot of stories just to, as an example of, you know, I also have no qualifications. I'm very, very open about this and that's okay. There are some other things that you can just harness within you that can help push you forward. So I just think by sharing, exposing, uh, you know, things that weren't, um, I guess, ideal, and, you know, moving forward anyway is, uh, is I think, can be a really, can be a helpful way to learn. I love that. And that, that is actually something else that you're very open about is this, and I, I find it incredibly inspiring, is the fact that you're basically not qualified to do anything that you do. <laughs> nope. Um, <and laughs> Nothing, yet Ruth. You're, and yet you're making millions of dollars. So there you go. Like, I think that that is that is really inspiring for people because I hear that that mm-hmm. excuse all the time. Well, mm. I don't have the right education or I don't have the right skills or mm-hmm. I I don't know how to do that or I I have to wait until I've done XYZ before I could do that or or who would ever listen to me because I don't I you know, I'm not I'm not super educated or I'm not mm-hmm. this or I'm not that. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And yet you are living, walking, breathing proof <laughs> that you don't have to have those things, especially in in this day and age. You don't. Mm-hmm. It's none of that is necessary. I feel like we are, 
kind of almost like you know what we spoke about at the beginning like we have we're very powerful as human beings you know and what it is that we are, we're choosing to believe and remember our beliefs are choices consciously or unconsciously and a belief is just a thought that is active for a long time that's all so it's like what thoughts am I choosing again and again where am I directing my focus am I balancing out my negative thoughts with positive thoughts am I in this place of uh, you know kind of taking accountability there is so, like, we have, I, I think we're just, as, as humans, we're such powerful creator, like creators of our life experience. And, you know, in my lifetime, I want to maximize that, right? And I want to kind of enjoy yeah. it and, and frankly, not take it all so seriously. I feel like I wish people spoke about this more, that this was an option, <laughs> you know, because everyone's like, strive, hustle, walk into your eyes, bleed, <laughs> you know? And look, I'm, I love working. Like, I love working, creating, doing my, you know, I love it. Uh, but I don't think that success has to be like this big, you know, you know, sweat heavy, stressful, you know, lose your relationships, don't have a good time place to be. I think it can be easier than that. Let it be easy. <laughs> Let it be easy. My <laughs> mantra. <laughs> yes. It, it I'm working very hard to, to, to <laughs> institute that in my life, Susie. <laughs> It's not funny. You're working hard to let it be easy. I know. That's so funny. I it it does not that does not come naturally to me. I tend Mm. to overcomplicate things. It doesn't come easily to almost. uh, I can probably say that I've met less than five people who are just kind of like into the path of letting it kind of flow, knowing that your intention really matters, and kind of giving. It's it's actually I think a very self loving place to be to understand that you're allowed to have the things that you want. Like you're allowed to have everything that you want, like to be, do, and yeah. have. And that includes a lot of joy because this is where I think that we can be almost, um, it's almost a little bit absurd as humans. Joy is the goal of all other goals, right? Like why do we want, I don't know, a yacht or a nice house or a holiday or loads of money or freedom, whatever. It's because we think it'll make us happy, right? We'll be yes. happy when. And so why not just have that feeling now? Like, why not institute that feeling now? Yes. I mean. Which you're very good at. So one of the other things I loved in the book that was, that really spoke to me. um, And actually, you'd be so proud of me. I I was implementing it yesterday in my conversation with Chuck. Was the story, you told a story about a friend or colleague of yours that was dating this beautiful woman. And oh. she did not, she did not love herself. So she was this mm-hmm. beautiful woman, but she, and he was so stricken with this woman and wanted to marry her and, mm-hmm. and completely in love, head over heels in love, but she would, her, she had a lot of negative body image and had a lot of negative self-talk mm-hmm. and would say things to him all the time. And eventually he began to believe those things that she was saying because she was saying them so frequently. And I thought, oh my gosh. Like I do that, mm. and it did kind of change change. I, and it was funny because you know you always have these things. We well, you don't. Which you're the most body positive person that I've <laughs> I've you. ever met. Also, at least bitter and most body positive. We we have a little joke among <laughs> our friends when we, we talk about. It. We go out to eat with with Susie, and she's just like, "Bring on the food." <laughs> um. I'm but, a very fun uh, dinner date, I have to say. Yes. <laughs> she is a very fun dinner date. Um, but there was, I think that, you know, I, I'm constantly like, oh, you know, I, should, I wish I could lose that last five pounds or, you know, whatever, like constantly thinking about it and worried about it and, and never quite 
satisfied with mm-hmm. exactly where I am and not consciously because I do have or not I guess I'm it's not I try to be conscious of it and especially mm-hmm. being having being the mom of two girls mm-hmm. who are impressionable I try to yes, be absolutely positive around them and mm-hmm. not and not say things and yet it's still there right it's still mm-hmm. those insecurities are still there so mm-hmm. i think that yesterday was the first time ever when i i don't even remember what we were talking about but we were we were eating something cuz we're all quarantined we were playing dominoes as a family mm-hmm. and Nice. I said something and it was in front of my my girls and, and I said something to my husband like, you are so lucky to have this <laughs> as your wife. Like, man, you just won the white jackpot lottery to have a wife that is hot as me, baby. Like, soak it in, honey, because look at what you got. And I realized, like, I need to start saying that a little more often because if that's the message that he's hearing mm-hmm. me say instead of oh, wish I could lose this last five pounds or, oh, look at these, you know, look at these thighs or look at this gut or whatever it is, whatever self-negative critical things that we say to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And no, you know what? I am hot, honey. Yes, you are, Ruth. Look at what you got. Look at what you get. (laughs) Yes, you are. And Ruth, like every woman is like, is beautiful. The one thing that I would also love to offer here is, you know, when we're like, oh, you know, I'm looking old. I have to, you said the five pounds, you know, whatever it is. It's also kind of high maintenance right because people have to soothe you you're expecting some soothing and I tell a story in the book too when I had a co-worker who would always talk about her her body in a negative way and I said to her you know what I'm only gonna I'm gonna agree with you from now on because I'm tired of like this back and forth with you and like when someone seeks reassurance they don't realize it but it's quite it's draining on people around them Yes. So if you if you yes. can be okay with yourself, right? If you can be okay with yourself, it's easier for other people and it's also a generous act because then people see, especially you know, children, anybody younger than you in your life, they see what it means to be somebody who's good, who's who's good with right. who they are. Just good with it. Yes. I'm totally good with it. Mm-hmm. And I like I don't think I've ever I've ever embraced it as much as that that chapter really impacted me in a way that it's never, I've I've never really, I think I've, you know, there's always a level of being somewhat aware of this, like, oh, I should be more body positive or be more happy with Mm. just the way I am. I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to be from now on. (laughs) So here I am world. This is me. Take it or leave it because I look good. (laughs) And Ruth, I tell you, I tell you one day when you're in your rocking chair, like 85 years old, you'd be like, damn, I was smoking. I tell you, my mother-in-law did that recently. I look back at photos of myself in my 20s and I'm like, wow, I was really cute. Yeah. So it's, you know, in, in the future, you'll be like, you're looking at pictures of yourself now. And so why not enjoy it now? Right? Like, enjoy it now. Enjoy it now. Like, just enjoy it now. You're allowed to. So, yeah, I loved, I loved, I loved that. That was, it was, and I don't even think I realized how much that was impacting me, but it, Mm. it, and then, okay, so then this is the last thing I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I think one of the things that you've taught me so much about Mm -hmm. is to not be afraid of rejection. So, I, I saw this book very much as, as speaking, speaking definitely to that people pleaser Mm -hmm. part of us, right? The one that is constantly looking for approval, but also a little bit as an outcast, it was speaking to that outcast part of me of 
not being a, not taking everything so personally that mm. other people are doing. Cause I think that is really, really hard for me. And mm. this is something that I've worked on in real life and thanks to you, mm-hmm. but this idea that you don't have to be afraid of rejection. So how has that, how has that come across in your life? How have you sort of gotten to a point where you don't fear that? And, and yeah. how can somebody that does fear rejection start to overcome that? First of all, if you fear rejection, you're welcome to like the, the common experience, right? No, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel great. You're like, yes, someone rejected me today, <laughs> right? It's, not, it's never going to yeah. feel like the best emotion. But the one thing that I've learned, Ruth, is that people get confidence wrong, right? We think that uh, confident, a confident person, sometimes we have this image of someone on stage, often a man who's just like owning it and he's really funny and charismatic or some dinner party guest who's like dominating a conversation and he knows exactly what to say. But, and those people might be confident. But all confidence really is, in its simplest form, is the ability to, ex- the willingness and ability to experience negative emotion. And rejection is a very negative or can be a very negative emotion. So if you're willing to experience it, knowing that it's just a temporary emotion that will be in your body for a while, then what can't you do? Like if you think about that for a second, like if you're willing to be rejected, right? If you're willing to have somebody turn you down, not invite you, like whatever it may be, and that's okay with you. It might not feel gorgeous at the moment, like at a specific moment, but you know, all emotions pass are all temporary. Like, what if that didn't, like, if you were just willing to kind of go there, like, would that make you this kind of limitless person, this kind of unstoppable person? And one thing that I've interpreted, especially with rejection, and I get rejected a lot. And people only see my media wins because they're the ones that get published, right? Right. Um, but I'm rejected more than anyone, which is why I'm featured more than anyone. Right. You know, there, there, there's no getting around it. There, there are no exceptions to this. And when you kind of understand anybody who's had any successes, they've, they've experienced a lot of rejection. And we can interpret it, like, interpret it in different ways, right? Because rejection can be a failed launch, people not buying your stuff, right? It can be mm-hmm. somebody actually just saying, no, I'm not interested in this piece, or I'm not interested in you for this job. But if you could just handle it, right? If you're like, okay, well, this is what could happen. The worst that could happen is they'll say, no, I'll feel bad for a while. That's okay. I can live with that. Then that's, that makes a confident person. And rejection in, in, in most cases, Ruth, it's, I mean, almost all cases, it's just this illusion, right? It's often, it's not the right timing. Maybe you could be uh, flexible in an approach to something, but when we kind of make it about us and being afraid of rejection, that's just really our ego at work, right? Because yeah. we're like, oh, I don't want to put myself on the line. <laughs> no, oh, I've got to protect myself. And if we can quiet that voice a little bit and know that so much of life and success and whatever it is you want to do is like just going for it in volume, then you take out the very personal piece and you can have fun with it. I always joke that I reject rejection, that I'm rejection proof. And I tell you, I'm much lighter and happier because of it. And frankly, a lot more successful. I can attest to that. Rejection. (laughs) And truly, like, if I get a rejection, I I go, oh, it's so cute that they think I'm going to (laughs) stop. Like, okay, next. What's my next idea? What's my next kind of angle? Uh, it yeah. never ends. It only ends when I. It only stops when I stop, right? So yeah, I love it. I love it. You're so good at that. Okay, so what is what is the best piece of advice? I know you've answered this before, but what is the best piece of advice you've gotten lately, mm. as in sometime in the last year, and why? 
the best piece of advice? Oh, yes. I would say it's come from a book that I, well, yeah, I feel like all the best books have the same message in different ways. But I would say that it's uh, understanding that your point of power is always going to be in the present moment, which is why we don't want to use the past, use memories, use life experiences to inform how we make decisions from here. So knowing that in this present moment, everything's available to us and the possibility is huge and the future belongs to no one. Mm, I like it. All right, Susie, any last final thoughts? Any last piece of pieces of wisdom you want to impart on, on us? And uh, then let us know where we can find you and your book. I would say if you can learn to uh, make your inner like button the loudest and if you can learn to be even like 10% more self-approved, your life can just really dramatically change and you'll notice it in small ways in the beginning and then those small ways compound and then everyone will want to know what you're doing or what you're reading or what you're smoking <laughs> like, <laughs> what? because it's palpable and people, everyone will want a slice of it because you become this kind of magnetic person who is kind of living from the inside out which is really the goal, right? So good. Yes. So good. And then, yes, Stop Checking Your Likes. You can head to stopcheckingyourlikes.com. Before the end of April, there's a juicy bonus. Um, And the book's also available wherever books are sold. Awesome. Susie, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your heart, and your book is amazing. Y'all, you got to get it. It is so good. You need something to do right now anyways. You should read this book. Stop checking your likes. It is life, seriously life-changing. I, I feel the, the whole body image thing and the, and the parents letting that go and giving the sense of humor plus just reading your stories, all, of, all really good reasons to get this book. So definitely do that. And of course, Susie, you will be back Back, this is like an annual event. So. Let's do it again tomorrow. <laughs> Let's do it again. Susie, thank you so much. Love you so much. Love you. Thank you. Okay, guys. So don't forget that if you'd like to get all the show notes for this episode, along with all the links to everything that we talked about and to Susie's new book, you can find it all at doitscared.com slash episode 105. Once again, get all the show notes and links on our website at dowitscared.com slash episode 105. And while you're there, be sure to also check out my TED Talk on the one simple trick to overcoming your biggest fear, which you can find at dowitscared.com slash TED. And then before we go, I just want to say, as always, that I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about what we talked about today or any other topics you'd like to see addressed on the Do It Scared podcast, please feel free to reach out either via email or just by messaging me on Instagram. And that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared with Ruth Suka podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, I would love it if you would post a review on iTunes. And then while you're there, be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And speaking of upcoming episodes... Please be sure to tune in next week for another fired up Get Ruth coaching session. Guys, you never quite know what's going to happen, but you always know it's going to be good. And I will catch you then. 